it's just but like on principle I didn't want to do it like no someone's trying to make me absolutely not right um, Hello and welcome back to Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah and I'll be joined by my sister Rachel. And in today's episode, we debrief our weekend travels. So while I was in Philadelphia surprising Josh for his birthday party, which we'll get into, Rachel was off on a weekend adventure of her own. So we will find out where she went and what she did and we'll get into all the details there. Okay, so I have a couple announcements here as well. So this episode was a little bit more packed with technical difficulties than usual. So every once in a while, we have some trippy audio situations um, that I usually can work around in editing. But in today's episode, there were just kind of a lot of um, choppy parts on Rachel's side. So I did a fun little thing where a few times when I had to cut out what Rachel said because it was way too choppy, I just substituted my own voice saying what she was saying to complete the thought. Um, So that's probably going to be a little weird, but just trust me that it would sound a lot worse if I kept the original audio. So hopefully you can be patient with that and hopefully we won't need to do it too frequently in the future. And secondly, a more fun announcement. I will not be sharing the details just yet, but we are going to be starting a really exciting series of episodes. So next week will be our first installment of a several episode series that will be focused on one specific thing, and it will be going on for a couple of months with other episodes we've done throughout. So I'm super excited for this, and we've been working really hard on getting a good set of episodes for you guys, and so I'm really hoping everyone is also excited to find out what it is and give it a listen. So just wanted to plug that at the beginning of this episode because I really want everyone to be as excited as we are for next week's episode. So probably more to come on Instagram as far as maybe hints, but just wanted to throw that in there. All right. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. And as always, check out Instagram for some photos to accompany your listening. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. All right. So I think for today, we are going to talk about your trip that you just took over the past weekend, right? And I guess we could probably talk about my weekend as well a little bit. Yeah. Did did you do anything for Easter? Any kind of uh, Easter themed outings? So this past weekend was Easter, but it was also the same weekend that I did the Philly trip. So uh, nothing super Easter specific actually at all. So just to paint the picture of what my agenda was, Josh's birthday was Saturday night, the birthday party and his birthday day was Sunday, like Easter. And I got into, I like left Colorado at like midnight Friday into Saturday (laughs) and took a red eye to Philly, got there like early, early morning, um, showed up at Josh's party that night. And then I left for Denver Sunday evening. My flight kind of got delayed a bit. So it was pretty late on Sunday, but that was nice because 
I got to have like all of Sunday hanging out with Josh and Jonathan and, um, yeah, just a couple other people who had kind of lingered from the party. So got some good time with our cousin, Kathy, who stayed the whole time for all that, which was really fun. Um, but nothing was Easter specific. The only Easter specific thing I would say, um, is I bought some candy the few weeks, like leading up to Easter. So I got some of the, like, you know, Reese's eggs and, um, Cadbury eggs. And then, um, shout out to one of our loyal listeners, Colin, he was in Colorado and on Friday night, like maybe an hour before I went to the airport for the surprise Philly trip, Colin was at my apartment and we bought the peeps Pepsi. Do you know about this? There's a peeps Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, oh it's my. like a limited thing. I thought it was limited this year because I've only ever seen it this year. But when I was Googling it, it was like it's it was around the past few years too, I think. So I could have just brought a can in here because I literally have nine cans left. But um here's <laughs> here's like pictures of it. It's like keeps oh, partnered with Pepsi, which like to be clear, I do not. For some reason, I feel like I have to say this because when I was telling Colin about it, I had to clarify, this is not something I would think is good. I do not like peeps. I don't care for Pepsi. Like I don't drink a lot of soda and I would definitely so choose Coke it's over more Pepsi. more than just a packaging thing. It's like a flavor. It's a flavor. Yeah. Oh. So for the novelty of it, I had been like joking on Twitter a little bit with Colin leading up to it. Like, oh, we should find this when you're in college, whatever. Like we should do this. Um, and then I was serious about it because why not? This will be fun. So I would say this is the most Easter thing I did. This sounds really bad for anybody who like really celebrates Easter, but I didn't really do anything to celebrate Easter. Um, but yeah, so we went out to Target, got this, and then we we actually filmed our reaction and posted it to Twitter. So that was really fun. I'll send you that video. I would say it's just very sweet Pepsi is the bottom line. And Pepsi's already pretty sweet. Yeah, I was going to say, because Pepsi yeah. But this this added into the lore of what you were doing for the weekend before the big reveal at the party, right? It, it was did, like, yeah. Social media said that you were with Colin. Yeah. Um, little did they know you were on your way. Okay, complete pivot. But my question: What did you do between landing in Philly and the party? <laughs> Seems like a pretty big time gap. Yeah, it was a big time gap. Um, so shout out to our cousin. This is just an episode of shout outs because so many people helped me pull this off, but shout out to our cousin, Christina, who has a house in Philly with her husband, Dave. They let us arrive at their house very early in the morning. And this was a little bit of a poor communication on my part, uh, due to secret keeping. There was a communication gap and hadn't totally thought through. My original plan was just to like try to sleep at the airport, like just sit around at the airport. Cause I landed at like 6 a.m. And I was like, obviously, what am I like? I'm not going to sleep on the plane. Like I'm going to not get a night's yeah. sleep, but I don't want to bug anybody about that. And I'm not going to get like a hotel for a morning. <laughs> like that's just weird. So that was the biggest gap in the plan the whole time I've been planning for this surprise. Cause I was like, what is going to be with that time? So huge. Thank you to Christina. So what happened is Sam and Kathy, um, who were the two family members who knew about this surprise for the last like two months drove up from like Virginia, Maryland and picked me up from the airport at like 6 30 AM or something. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So, so kind of them. And they really, they really committed to the bit with me. It was so nice. <laughs> um, so they drove up, so they got no sleep. I got no sleep. They drove up, picked me up from the airport. And then we all arrived at Christina and Dave's and we were like, thank you so much. We're going to go to sleep. <laughs> and we just like slept 
in their living room for like a few more hours. And then, um, we just had a really fun day hanging out with them. So the whole day was like only a few people, the only people who weren't in that room who knew I was in Philly were people who weren't going to be at the party. And so it was just like a fun, like day of hanging with everybody. We like got bagels, just got to, I had never been to Christina's house. So it was super fun to like hang out there. And she was making Josh's cake. That was huge. I'll, I'll ask if she minds if we share a picture on the Instagram. We haven't shared a cake picture in a while, but oh, half yeah, the people no. involved in this story are big cake bakers. So um, <laughs> we got to give some input, which was so cool. That that cake came out great. Josh's birthday was like black and white themed. That was the theme, um, which I should have already known, but that meant Josh was not going to wear black and white. I don't know why I didn't think that, but did you see pictures of him? So this is my, it, maybe, maybe we're doing the secret segment early, um, but secret segment. So I <laughs> knew Josh, like one of the first things Josh told me when he got to Italy was like, by the way, I'm on the hunt for like anything super colorful because my party is themed black and white, but then I'm going to walk in completely in color. We were keeping our eyes out the whole time that we were traveling around together for anything that was just like really bright and fun. Um, so like he had like a button up shirt that he, that we'd gotten. And then he had like this kind of scarf wrap thing that had, um, I forget which painting he ended up going with, but it had a, it had a famous painting on it that we bought like right outside a cathedral in Florence. So like we, this was like a thing for while they were here. So that is my secret. So you told me the secret of showing up at his party and I had the secret of what he was going to That's so funny. So yeah, because I, I, I told you that secret before I have it. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't assume that that's what would happen. Like, why was I picturing him showing up to that party in black and white? That would make no sense. <laughs> Yeah. Why was he so adamant about the black and white bird? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, I, he nailed it. I, I, I was really glad when the party finally happened. I had a lot of secrets piling up from this event. <laughs> That's great. Really weighing on you. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, he looked amazing. So yeah, we, we were all wearing black mostly. I think most people at the party were wearing black. Some, some people had some good outfits. Joe, Joe was in like a Mormon outfit basically. I like saw that. Yeah. That was amazing. I, yeah. And I really liked Rice's top as well. Like I think they get best dressed. Um, oh yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Um, oh, okay. Well, we're on rice. Big shout out to rice. I've posted this on our Instagram. Did you see the Pokemon, oh, Pokemon? thing. Yeah. yeah, that was so right? cute. <laughs> At Josh's party, basically. I don't know how we got on the topic, but Rice was like, people are asking me. Everyone's wondering who all the Belshies are as Pokemon. She was like, Joe's obviously this Josh. Like she was rattling them off without, we were all like, oh, who am I? And she would just say it in a second. Yeah. yeah. It was very impressive and very funny. And I was Googling them as she was saying them. Cause I didn't know any of them. I still don't remember the names. I know I'm Chansey. <laughs> um, yeah. So I shared that and she had like a story of it. It was, it was very funny. So shout out to Rice. That was a really fun thing that you did. Yeah. That was super cute. We'll have to add that whenever we finally decide to post everybody's like descriptions of all the siblings, um, we'll have to like pair it with everybody's Pokemon. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, got to update those. We, we got to do, we made these like guides a few years back of like, how do you describe each sibling and everyone filled it out and it was really funny. So um, I think it's time for an update sometime soon, especially because we have characters who were not featured back then. <laughs> so we can, we can really expand to like in-laws. Yeah. Um, well, cool. That I'm glad the trip worked out. All of the secrets were appropriately delivered. Um, and yeah, thank you again to all those helpful listeners who, who made it possible. Wow. You know, the internet really connects people in crazy <laughs> ways. 
great to see. <laughs> yeah. So, so many helpers, um, so many enthusiastic helpers who just respect a good secret, but yeah, it was kind of like an extended, um, April fools. And so now I feel like we just talked about in our Q and a, our favorite holidays. And I feel like April fools has got to be number one these days. I'm like really committed. <laughs> We're going to have to come up with an April fools color scheme then blue and yellow is obviously already taken. So we'll have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about it. So if anybody doesn't already know the Twitter aspect of my surprise, uh, where I mentioned where we were just talking about Colin being involved, that was really funny. So basically all the pictures we took on Friday, hanging out, I posted them throughout the day on Saturday. He and I were both tweeting on Saturday as if we were together so that people on Twitter, AKA Josh would just have this picture painted of like, wow, Sarah's having this real Denver day. And then I just walk into his house in Philly. (laughs) So that was really fun genius it's the little touches you know you really gotta sell it oh cool i'm glad it it worked out it sounds like real whiplash traveling but worth it Um, yeah that was one of the more it was direct flights so i can only complain so much but it definitely was one of the more like yeah i'm not gonna do this too often like this is why every time i go to virginia having a the luxury of having a remote job every time i go back east i'm just like how's three weeks sound (laughs) like so (laughs) um it's like not that fun to spend that much time on a plane but it was totally worth it uh, but yeah, you also did some traveling. So I think you put like a mystery box and had people guess, but I don't know if you ever revealed the answer. So here we are yeah. on air. Um, I went to Madrid, Spain. I I think it's recorded here that I've been wanting to go to Spain um, pretty high on my list of places in Europe to go. Um, but I also have a friend who lives in Southern Spain. And so I was meeting friends in Madrid. Um, so it was a fun weekend for both of us because she and her, and her friend who was with her. They hadn't been to Madrid before either. So it was the first time for everyone. I took an early flight on Friday morning, got there around lunchtime on Friday and dropped my stuff at the Airbnb. Um, and then had until basically I had like an evening flight Monday night. So I was there until Monday, got like a nice morning and afternoon Monday and then didn't have to be at the airport until a little bit later. But yeah, I guess we can do the normal like trip bite site memory thing. Um, first, I'll kind of lay it out. Like I went Friday, I went to the Reina Sofia Art Museum, which is like contemporary art, you know, modern from, you know, 20th century till now. And then on Saturday, I went to Museo Prado, um, which is very much like Renaissance art. And then my friends got into town Saturday afternoon, evening. Um, So hung out with them all Sunday. And then Monday we got uh, breakfast together. And then I went to one more art museum. It's like the Thyssen Museum. It was kind of a private collection that then was sold slash given to the Spanish government. So those are like the three main art museums in Madrid. And there's like a a pass you can buy to go to all three. So that was like the main focus of my trip. My friends got there like later on Saturday. So I had already been to like two art museums before I even saw them. And then we just did some more social things um, and just kind of like experiencing like the food and stuff of Madrid for Saturday night and all of Sunday. Yeah. I was just going to ask kind of how you planned your agenda. Cause you said that those museums were like your priority basically was that like when you first started thinking of this trip, you were just like, okay, how do I, how can I go to these cool art museums basically? Or what was like your planning process? Yeah. So I knew I had a long weekend. Um, and I was like, where do I want to go? Hmm. I haven't been in Madrid. So I reached out to my friend in Spain 
And I had like talked to a couple of my friends who live here in Naples, but they were planning on going to like other cities. So I was like, I still think I want to go to Madrid. And I knew that my friend in Spain wasn't going to be there the whole weekend, but I was like, that's kind of okay. Cause I've known about these museums for years. I feel like, I think I studied them in Spanish class in college. And so to, to get on our museum soapbox again, art museums in particular are like not the like most interactive in terms of like going with people. So I was like, this will be kind of a fun mix of like a solo trip, um, but also getting to meet up with friends. That's kind of where the itinerary started to fall out, like just kind of planning around when I knew she would be there. And then like my alone time was going to be like museum time. So I like really hit the ground running, went to a couple of museums for that first 36 hours or whatever I had before she got to town, which really worked out well. I, I really liked like the timing of it all. It was a nice mix of fun social stuff with them, um, but also still getting to see like, I was telling mom, it's like when you have like an art section in your textbook in high school, like these are the paintings that are pictured there. Like everybody has seen these paintings and, and it was really so cool, cool to like actually see them in person. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So another question I have then, I guess, same question that you asked me, did you do anything specifically Easter related? Um, we didn't like go to any events that were Easter related, but we knew some stuff would be kind of like happening around us. So I stumbled upon a parade, like an Easter parade. This would have been Saturday night. Um, so Easter Sunday would be the next day. The parade was, everybody was like dressed in these purple robes and they had like a mask, like a black mask kind of like dangling down. And it was like a drum core. There were a bunch of big dramatic drums. That's um, scary. It was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a little unnerving. Um, I've got video that we can post, but yeah. So that was like the most pronounced Easter thing that I witnessed. Um, but we were also, we're like, oh, I wonder if things are going to be closed on Sunday. I wonder if things are going to be closed on Sunday. Most places have had normal weekend hours, but things were really closed on Monday. And what we found mm-hmm. out was that like Monday is a federal holiday. So there are a lot of celebrations or at least like the the hours at like museums and stuff like that are different on Monday instead of Sunday, which was confusing. Like, I don't know which day they actually celebrate as Easter, but like the whole Holy Week is a little bit more important. And Monday in particular is almost like a day of celebration, not instead of Sunday, but like in terms of like impact on schedules and when when business might take off and stuff like businesses are more likely to take off on Monday which was interesting to me that is interesting were you there on Friday did you say Mm -hmm. yeah and you didn't notice anything being closed from because that's good Friday I would think that that yeah no I I was able to eat I was able to go to the museum wasn't really impacted um certainly heard you know no mass would have been held but I think I I passed through some like holy hour type situations uh, adoration that kind of stuff going on yeah um um, for sure like there was activity at the churches but I didn't like I I didn't really feel an impact on my ability to get around and experience what I wanted to experience as a tourist pretty much throughout the whole weekend. Nice. Um, I'm excited for you to get into it. I think bite site memory could be a good structure and we could just expand from there if you want to start with. Bite. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. So right off the bat, I did not get pie yet. I, I, if it had come up, I would have, um, but it was certainly not something I could order alone and it wasn't something that the group was feeling at any point. And from what I've heard, 
it's kind of better down south anyway, or at least closer to the coast. Yeah, I was uh, about to say that, that that's just what I thought that like yeah. Madrid isn't necessarily the main place. Yeah, that's fair. That's a that's huge that, dish. Yeah. <laughs> definitely plan to be back in Spain. Definitely want to go more to the coast and to the south. So paella will be explored then and there, um, but not on this trip. So for Best Bite, uh, my friend was very excited to book a reservation at what claims to be the oldest continuously operated restaurant in the world, is its claim, which apparently the Guinness World Record book people have backed up. I don't know how you research wow. that. I mean, we're talking like there's got to be some kind of shop that's been open in, you know, a, a Chinese city for right. centuries. Like there's, it's a big world and people always need to eat and people will make food and charge for it. So I don't know, maybe it's just the continuously operating thing that, that gets it. But we went to Restaurante Botin. Our reservation was on Sunday night. And that is maybe just for the atmosphere, if nothing else, but that's going to be my best bite. And also her worst bite. Well, I know. So the worst bite, we ordered asparagus and it was a white asparagus. And the way they presented it was like you put mayonnaise on it. But the killer was that it was cold. It was like a cold white asparagus that you put mayonnaise on top of. And like, it was kind of nothing. It was just like, it's not like it, it didn't taste bad, but it did not taste good. It was just there. And we're like, we're not mad that we tried it, but like, not gonna like write writing yeah rave review about that um, um you know what that makes me think of white asparagus you know in parks and rec when they get a farmer's market and everyone's see- you're seeing just some of the people of Pawnee on camera like wandering around the farmer's market <laughs> for the first time like so confused by vegetables and they like hold up broccoli and they're like it's like food but it's a tree and then they hold up cauliflower <laughs> and they're like oh no this one's dead <laughs> oh yeah exactly <laughs> But the best bite from this restaurant, I, I did eat meat here because that was like their main thing to do. Like their roasts are like their big thing. So the roast pig and roast lamb were like their their big things. So I would say the roast lamb was my best bite of the weekend. And again, it was just really cool. It was definitely like an old charming restaurant. They had um, musicians that would come by and like serenade on guitar and stuff like that. And it definitely felt like a place with history. So very excited that she got those reservations and that was a, um, a fun time best site um so since like the art theme was like a major theme for me on the trip um a lot of it was um really famous spanish artists so i saw a lot of goya a lot of dolly and a lot of picasso so best site for me is going to be guernica Ooh, yeah. yeah yeah you weren't allowed to take pictures in that room um but like I knew it was large, but it's it's just another one of those things where you can't really like get the weight of it until you're standing in front of it. And you're like, this is taking up a whole wall. And they had some of the focus work he was doing the practice beforehand. Um, so like literally like their horse's head, right? His early drafts of the horse's head or any individual component, like it was like definitely a thought out researched compilation. And so it was cool to see like the process, not just the finished product. And then Guernica itself is just absolutely iconic for the 20th century. And I think one of the most recognizable works of art in the Western world. Yeah, we won't post, obviously you didn't take any pictures, so we can't post a picture of that, but we'll post a picture. Um, It is the type of thing, like when you were talking about, like you've seen this in textbooks and stuff, this is definitely something that I think most people will recognize. Yeah. And it was cool because they had, I think every museum I went to had at least one Picasso. Um, And so 
a lot of his different periods were represented, a lot of different points in his artistic expression represented. And I think Guernica is the most iconic of his works, but it's cool to see like some of like compare it with some of his other eras and his evolution as an artist. Were you paying any attention to any of his landscape paintings after I talked about my exhibit that I got to go to in Charlotte with the landscapes? I don't know if I saw landscapes, um, mostly portraits. So if it were- All the landscapes are in Charlotte right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I saw some blue period and some other, obviously some of a lot of his cubist stuff. There was a whole cubist exhibit at Reina Sofia. So Reina Sofia is where Guernica was. And there's a whole- Cubist wing in Reina Sofia, which may have been my favorite collection of works that I saw throughout the weekend. So definitely saw a lot of Picasso Cubists as well as plenty of other Cubist artists. Um, but I don't think I saw landscape work from him. I saw blue period portraits and a lot of still life because that's what the Cubists love. <laughs> nice. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. Best fight site memory. Um, I'm going to say, so the weather was absolutely gorgeous um just like the perfect temperature like we're talking like low to mid 70s a couple clouds in the sky but nothing crazy uh, and just super comfortable and so uh like there are a couple different parks but like the main park is retina i think it's called they have like a little pond with a big monument for one of the kings there um, that's where they have a big greenhouse that um, is called like the Crystal Palace or something. So there's like a lot of built up areas, but it's just, it's also just a park. So um, you have some like areas with just trees where you can kind of lounge around. Um, and so on Sunday, one of the things we did was literally like the three, the three of us just went and like chilled and took a nap in the park, like found some shade by a tree and just like chilled in the park, like just listening to the people around us and, and, kind of taking in the scenery and stuff like that which besides just being a fun moment with the two of them really reminded me like this time of year in Japan that's exactly what we would be doing it's called hanami in Japan and it's it's usually associated with sakura and like the the cherry blossom season but the concept of hanami is like you go out into nature and pretty much day drink is the association at least with young adults but mm-hmm. um you just you go out and enjoy nature with friends. Um, so it was really cool to have like a quiet moment like that. In that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like, that's the type of thing that you can't typically get from a weekend traveling abroad. Like most of us who've been to other countries don't have a lot of memories of just like lounging around in the, some random grassy area when we've been there because we're doing like a quick jam packed trip with like, you know, there's not just like time for that kind of thing. So that's so cool for you to be able to fit that in. That's like such a different type of experience to just kind of have, especially for it to be like your favorite memory or at least up there to have just like a moment being around, not just specifically like a place that you went or a food that you ate, but like a a vibe. (laughs) A vibe for sure. Yeah. And that's what it was. It really was a nice balance of a weekend because I, I feel like I was running around a lot more when it was solo time. And I was like, let me do this museum and do that museum. And I need to see it all. And like to fit that in with like going around eating and drinking and having fun with my friends was like a really nice balance to the weekend. But no, I totally get your point. Like the just experiencing a moment and like being in that park where clearly there were people who were locals who like lived in Madrid and with a mix of tourists as well. Like it was, it was really nice. And um, I'll definitely remember that park and and being able to like, kind of take it in. Do you have any other, do you want to do high, low Buffalo? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to get in. So high-low Buffalo. Um, so we'll touch on it. Um, or we have touched on it a bit. Reina Sophia, I think, is my high. I think that was my favorite of the three museums. Um, Prado is the museum I most knew about ahead of time. And it does have like an incredible collection. And especially they, they have a lot of Goya and being able to see Goya and like I, I would say like for his works, the difference between the works that he kind of like did on his own or have in his private collection versus like the commissioned works, especially from the monarchy and aristocracy. Like it was really like cool to see the contrast between like when it, he wasn't getting paid for it versus when it was like a, a commissioned portrait and very stiff and, you know, the king and his horse or whatever. So Prado had a lot of cool stuff for sure. And it, it is a world-class museum for a reason. And I really appreciated it. But I think my high is Rana Sophia, um, which is that one that had Guernica and um, the Cubists and a lot of, of modern artists. And I think similar caliber in terms of the type of work they had and, and the artists that they represented there, but just maybe because it wasn't as renaissance or as um, old worldy, you know, it, it, the themes were definitely grappling more with 20th century war and democracy and that kind of stuff. Maybe it was just more interesting to me, but um, I would say my high was Reina Sofia. Real quick, can yeah. we just like pause for a second? Like we always joke about like, oh, this is a museum podcast. We've talked about how we're a museum <laughs> family and some people hate muse art museums and all that stuff. But just to like, I guess, expand on that a tiny bit. Like we did grow up doing, going to art museums. We have very artistic siblings. <laughs> like a lot, our whole family, I feel like is full of creatives to different degrees. Like, you know, some of us are more creative than others. And most, like a lot of us have like, you know, dated or married creative people too, and that kind of thing. So I think that like, for our family, at least art is just really big. And then for you, like you have a background in history. And so like museums in general are just always like, do you have any other things to add as to why this is such a focus for you and you travel? Cause like, we talk about it in all our travels. And I think this really gets at what we're trying to do. One of our, our goals for us with this podcast is that it's kind of our travel journal. So it's great to be reflecting on the things that you liked about the museum, but I'm just wondering like for the listeners, if you could add a little bit of context as to like why you love them so much. <laughs> Yeah, so I think when you go somewhere, a museum is like them telling you what you, they want you to know about their history, their culture, their identity. And Madrid in, in particular was very much a cultural city. We didn't end up going to a flamenco show, but obviously that's a huge part of it. Food's a big part of it. So you've got your dance, you've got your food, and then it's very much known for its art as well, right? Um, and so I think walking around Prado Street, where like all those museums are very close to each other, that's the, the origin of Museo Prado is the street that I was on. Um, and so that's kind of an arts district. My Airbnb was nearby. You walk around that and you definitely get this presentation of the city as an art city um, and a cultural city. I really enjoy whatever glimpse this curated story a museum tells um, as a way of, of trying to understand something about the place there where I am so from like a traveling perspective I like museums for that they also serve some like practical functions like maybe the weather's not bad you can go inside or you know mm -hmm. and AC sure but like I think it is a nice way to like get a glimpse of what that area wants you to know about it and then yeah I think it's just something that we grew up doing and has remained an interest for me but yeah, I think there's a version of trip where you can go and you can eat and you can have fun and that's great. But it's also nice to learn a little bit of something. And I think 
Like mm-hmm. that's the, the point of museums is to learn something. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's the way I see it. I don't know if that really makes sense, but that's... no, it does. I like that. And I do think that like, I feel like we've been clear about this. Like every trip can have whatever energy that trip has. Like we can, you can do something different depending on who you're with and what. So like you've been doing so many museum trips, but that does not make you somebody who's like, wow, if you travel somewhere and don't go to a museum, like, what are you even doing? Like, I think we're clear that we recognize like all the different value that a trip can provide, but I really like how much of an emphasis you put on going to museums when you can, especially when you like, you've talked about have some time that's solo and you know that that's something you love to do when it's just you. And then the other stuff is stuff that you'd rather do with other people. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was an opportunity in this trip in particular where I knew, hey, this is an interest of mine. I don't even have to run it by anybody else. Like, I know I'll be happy with it and I won't feel bad dragging somebody else to it or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. We'll get into it when we talk about Josh and Jonathan's trip, but Mm -hmm. I asked Josh and I think he literally lost track of how many museums they went to. Yeah, yeah yeah I haven't heard the full debrief yet from him but he was saying something about that when we were so if listeners if you think Rachel is a big museum person there's a reason she's always like our family's obsessed with museums um yeah Josh Josh paints a way stronger picture of that than anybody I've ever known I think oh for sure like he almost (laughs) fired me out on museums for sure all right Um, so to get into your low then yeah. Okay. So I knew churros and hot chocolate are a thing in Spain. Um, and they're, or at least with the churros, it's like another like drinking chocolate pudding type situation. So Saturday night, we went, we went out um, drinking and eating and having fun. And I was like adamant that like, okay, you know, we'll go to one more bar, but then we need to find hot chocolate. And then we need to find, or then we need to find churros. We just didn't make time for it. It was like, you know, it's time to go home. We'll go home. Um, I was like, that's fine. We'll get to it tomorrow. So then Sunday night, we have that great dinner. And then after the dinner, we're like, all right, it is time to find churros. And uh, my friend who had booked the reservation, she's like, I've got a recommendation. I know exactly where we're going and it's open 24 hours. We're going to be great. Uh, I can tell by the way you're saying this, that something's going <laughs> to keep going. <laughs> Remember, this is my low. Um, oh no, I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we get there, we get to like the place to have churros and chocolate in Madrid and the holiday. This was Sunday night into Monday. So it was like the one time that it was going to be closed for like a few hours. No. So then the next morning we're like, all right, we'll start the day with chocolate and churros. And then they, uh, we're going to have to like catch a train anyway. So we picked a place near the train station and finally have it. My chocolate and churros, the churros look fine. Um, they're not like, like, I guess Mexican churros or North American churros where they were like, like sprinkled with um, cinnamon sugar on it. It was just, it was just like fried dough piped in a certain way, um, but it still looked pleasant enough. Uh, dipped it in the chocolate, had it, and it was fine. It was like funnel cake, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't an amazing experience. Yeah. So like, as soon as I did that, you know, we, we had some churro and then talked for a bit and then I was like, all right, I'm going to say it. This is, this is okay. This is fine. <laughs> and my friend was like, yeah, I yeah. didn't want to like tell you ahead of time. Like, obviously you're going to have it no matter what, and you have to try it, but like, it is, it's just kind of okay. Like I their th- point I is they, like, no matter where you would have gotten them, they would have been just okay. At least according to her opinion. Yeah. You know? Oh, dang. Um, that's that's like the pretzels in uh in Germany where we're just like 
you know what? <laughs> Take me to Annie Ann's on the way home. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but I also didn't realize that churros were like, I always just thought of them as Mexican. I didn't even think of them as a Spanish thing. And I think that's why, like, cause I also hadn't realized that. And I, that, I think that's why I was like, oh man, this will be something that's really cool to try. And I, I knew the viewers would love or the listeners <laughs> would love some more uh, drinking chocolate content. So like, yeah, I- seriously, your commitment ha- to the drinking chocolate has really taken a shift because <laughs> you're also describing that like 70 plus degree day. It's not like you necessarily were like <laughs> in yeah, like a true. chili, not- oh, get me some hot chocolate sitting. I was not halfway down a ski slope this time. <laughs> Um, okay. Wait, quick pause on this because you brought up the drinking chocolate. Did you ever make the instant one that you bought in Italy or is that still? No, that's still here. So if somebody happens to come visit, especially for like an extended period of time, then, <laughs> then maybe we'll um, had a lot of coffee with Josh and Dawson, but we did not get to the hot chocolate. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Well, 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 before we move to Buffalo, I just want to take a moment to say that your worst bite and your low being these foods that are just like fine, that being like the low moments of this trip sounds like a great trip. (laughs) Yeah. I had to kind of search for a low, not going to lie. Um, I think a lot of times the low is kind of associated with like, oh man, then it started raining or something. Right. Yeah. Or my flight was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, low Buffalo. Okay. So for Buffalo, um, I'm going to go with that parade that I stumbled upon the like creepy plague parade. Uh, (laughs) Um, wait, did you find out what the, what the reason for that was, or was it just like a, an Easter parade with that being the like garments being traditional or something? Yes. So, um, I don't know how much they do it in Italy. Um, or maybe I just hadn't noticed, um, but apparently for my friend from Southern Spain, apparently like around her office, they'd been, they'd been told, yes, this is a thing and it's not the KKK. Um, so she, she had had some warning from her work that they might see this. Well, I, I talked to one of my coworkers. They definitely saw some version of this somewhere uh, in Naples, but yeah. So these purple ones are more like this, Ooh. this is probably the drum corps. Um, okay. Yeah, I am. When you started describing it earlier, I'm glad you specified the purple thing because otherwise I would have been picturing very uh, KKK style. But some of these pictures on Google, man, whew, that's interesting. Yeah, so I think it's just like old Christianity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was I, like, I literally like, I think I'd taken a train or something and I like walked out and like just heard these drums and like, what is going on? I was like, Oh, Easter parade. And then I saw, I'm like, Oh my. Um, anyway, not to harsh anybody's traditions, obviously. Right. Yeah. I'm trying not to religious traditions. Yeah. Yeah. Not to like dwell on it too much, but I didn't expect it. Um, yes. Very unexpected. That's the definition of a Buffalo. Um, also for the booted sisters drinking game, if anybody's working on inventing that or bingo card or something, uh, anytime somebody stumbles upon a parade, anytime somebody mentions a museum, this episode is jam packed for some of our classics. <laughs> True. <laughs> some of the old favorites. <laughs> oh, so times have been booted. Um, Ooh. This was a booting into, um, not out of. So we were bebopping around, um, going to bars, and there were a lot of like club promoters around who'd be like, "Oh man, I can. I hear where, where are you guys trying to go? Yeah, let me, let me, I, let me get you into this club. I can get you a discount on the the ticket price and stuff like that, or whatever." Um, and 
my default is to just walk away, not say anything, be completely rude about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like friends, pretend you don't see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my friends were much friendlier than I am, or at least more polite. Um, <laughs> so one of the club promoters came up to us and they're like, uh, how much for, you know, the cover? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And I'm like, wait, what? And so we got booted into a club, which was fine. It was, it was fun. It was you know, the same as anywhere else we would have gone. And like, it's just but like on principle, I didn't want to do it. Like, no, someone's trying to make me absolutely not. Right. Um, <laughs> but it ended up being fun time. Um, and again, just as, just as good as going somewhere else to drink. So we got booted into a club off the street, right into a club and had a That's good time. Funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a very creative take. <laughs> I like it. And I guess okay. from a language perspective, like Spanish is the, the language that I've in theory have studied in, in formal courses. Um, and so I did have actually like a better, like fallback on the, to Spanish and stuff. Like it was definitely easier to get around, which I guess is my second Spanish speaking country. Um, but the lisp is crazy. It, it's yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would fall into Italian sometimes, which is weird. Cause usually in Italy, I feel like I'm falling into Spanish. Right. So, no <laughs> I like, yeah. Well, that's cool. It's like you, you don't know how much Italian you've been learning until you're plopped into a Spanish speaking country and thinking in Italian more than you thought. That's fair. Yeah. That's um, cool. I had a Spanish speaking situation. I wasn't speaking any Spanish, but it made me wish I could. Um, when my flight was delayed getting back on Sunday night, this guy next to me on the plane, he, um, had like, I think his son, like a, a young child with him, the kid was sitting in the window seat and the guy was in the middle seat and he like we didn't chat or anything it was like a late night flight um but he seemed really like polite like at one point I was gonna lean back and go to sleep and he like tapped me and he was like can I get out and get my bag so that I can get that out of the way before you fall asleep I was like you know what great idea like thank you so much very thoughtful like he seemed like a nice guy but it's not like we really interacted but then I heard towards the end of the flight um, him asking a flight attendant about his connection because he had like a connection he was totally going to miss. And it, it was like a whole thing. And they were trying to be hopeful about maybe you won't miss it. But then they announced like that plane took off. It totally is going to miss it. And he, the flight attendant had been really nice with him, but it was clear that he speaks Spanish as a first language and his English was like somewhat broken. Like it was clear that he could not understand everything she was saying. Um, she was being really nice and like, trying her best to communicate with him. Like she was not being obnoxious at all, but I was like feeling really awful for him that he was having to deal with this situation with a budget airline too, and that there wasn't going to be perfect communication. And then I, I kind of asked, he asked me, he had missed the announcement where they said that the flight didn't take off. And he asked me, he was like, did they say anything about my flight? I was like, bad news, buddy. Like it's gone. And, (laughs) um, I was like, you know, hopefully they can, I was like, they told you to, or they said to make sure like when the flight lands, go to a gate agent and get it, get yourself rebooked. And then he showed me his agenda and he had, so we were landing in Denver. His flight that he was missing was from Denver to Ontario, but his ultimate destination was Monterey, Mexico. Like he had two more flights and he was, Uh, I was like, oh, this looks like a horrible, it looks like a horrible flight situation from the start, but especially with the missed flight in between. And like. I think that they were probably going to be nice about the connections, but at the very least, it was going to be a terrible day. And this was at like midnight that we were landing and uh, I, I could see that he was stressed and he, like I, his English was very good, but I was really nervous. I was like, the flight attendants are being nice to him, but when he's at the gate with a long line of other people too, are they going to be nice to him? Like no one knows. 
hopefully, but not sure. And so when we landed and I had internet back on my phone, I like pulled up the airline's website and like highlighted their policy on like, if it's their fault that you missed your flight and showed him, I was like, make sure you ask for a hotel, make sure you ask, like, you know, they don't have to put you on a flight to Ontario. Like all they have to do is get you to Monterey. Like make sure I was like trying so hard and I was trying not to be like acting like I was rude, but I just wanted him to be loaded with as much information as he could when he was going to be in a situation where it was going to be hard to communicate. And it just made me wish I could speak Spanish. Like I would have loved to just, I don't care if I got home an hour later, I would have gotten in line with him to talk to the gate agent. Like it just made me think like, it's so frustrating when you don't speak the language and I can't really imagine. It makes me feel even worse that like I've had the opportunity to learn Spanish in my life and just like let it go and not taking it up. And like, I could like at least bridge that gap with people if I could. So anyway, shout out to those people who can speak more than one language. Cause it's impressive and it makes me really frustrated when I see people like dealing with the opposite. Yeah. And shout out to patient people in the service industry. Yeah. That's how I've been getting around for years. Right. Like I, I don't speak the languages in the places that I'm living. And like, there are times where like, I, I give up because I'm not going to find a solution or I don't have the energy to put into finding a solution. But if a solution is found, it's because um, whatever worker is is helping me out is being patient and taking the onus on them to find a solution. So very grateful to people who don't act with hostility to people who don't speak their language, even if, you know, they're in a country for that language. Yeah. A hundred percent. I like to think there's a very good chance that he dealt with a really helpful gate agent. I, and there's, you know, I, I hope that he did, um, the flight attendants, like I said, were being really nice, but it is one of those things where you don't necessarily assume that everyone's going to be patient with you, especially at midnight in an airport where there's lots of people dealing with problems. So feel for that guy, feel for anybody in those situations, but yeah, big shout out to people with, with patience and, uh, in those like awkward communication situations. Anyway, that's the Spanish segment of today's episode. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, anything else? Uh, Okay. Real quick for the podcast recommendation segment. Normal gossip is back. Have you listened? You've listened with me. Uh, Did we already talk about this? No. Um, Yeah. They've been on hiatus for like, they finished season three and then hadn't produce any episodes for a while, but season four is airing on Wednesdays now, as we always say, we share a a great podcast release day. Yeah. Normal gossip is exactly as it sounds. If anyone hasn't heard it, if you like the eavesdropping aspect of this podcast, you will love normal gossip and I will not say anymore. (laughs) So that's that. Yeah. Just make sure you continue to listen to this one as well after you start listening. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just replace your Wednesday podcast. (laughs) Cool. Cool. All right. (laughs) Excited to debrief some more trips soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, the summer is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. We've got a lot coming down the pipeline. I guess for a mini secret segment, (laughs) we've got some fun things coming. Yeah, cool stuff in the works. Yeah, keep listening. There's big stuff coming. A secret we won't reveal. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Any other, let me think of our other segments. What are our other segments?